Today, I, I, as I was praying this over the fathers this morning, uh, I, I want to tell you, you know, that I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to each of our hearts and remove the lies that the enemy will try to bring, saying that you haven't been a good dad, that you haven't been a good father, that you failed in this, that you failed in that, that you could have done this better, you could have done that better. I think that we all could have done better in a lot of things. And, you know, they say that when you look in hindsight, you know, it's 2020, everything, you see it perfect. But you're, when you're in the fight, when you're in the middle of it, you, you look back and you're like, man, I could have improved in this and this and that. And I really feel, you know, the Holy Spirit saying, you know what? I got you. I got you. Don't worry. Just continue walking, continue moving forward. And I said this to the men yesterday, and I'm going to repeat it today. Just the fact that you are here in church wanting to be edified by God and wanting to be taught by the Holy Spirit, to me, it speaks volumes. You, you could be sleeping right now, you know? It's a good morning to sleep with the rain. I don't know if you like sleeping when you hear the rain. It could be a morning that you could stay home and do whatever you want, but you decided to come here. And I honor that, and I truly believe that, you know, God values each of the men that are here as fathers. And I want to read a verse to really start my talk. I think it's going to be like a devotional, because I have like 15 minutes to talk, you know, this morning. But this is something that the Holy Spirit was impressing on my heart this morning, and it's in Psalm 90. All right, Psalm 90. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, verse 12 Psalm 90 verse 12 and we'll jump into the message of, you know, next level and we'll try to touch on some things there. But uh, this version talks about this verse that for many years I've pondered on this verse. You know, uh, usually the, 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 the normal translations say, you know, teach us to number our days. Now this version here, it says, help us to remember that our days are numbered. Help us to remember that our days are numbered. Today we have one less than yesterday. Today, fathers that are here, if you have little ones, we have one day less before they move out of the house, before they go off to college, before they marry before you become a grandfather. You see, the Lord is saying, help us to remember that our days are numbered. What this verse is telling us is, you know what? Make sure that you live with wisdom every day that we have. You see, it says, and help us to interpret our lives correctly. Help us to interpret our lives correctly. It, it seems that we don't number our days because we don't interpret our lives the right way. I think most of us, especially if you're men, you know, we're, our conference is going to be called Undefeated. You know, we think that we're invincible, you know, that we're never going to lose, that we're going to be around forever. You know, that we're going to be like 25 for the rest of our lives. I got news for you. I don't think there's, there's a guy here that's 25. And if you are 25, praise God. We love you. But enjoy because the time is moving. <laughs> and it's going to go by quick. We feel sometimes invincible and that nothing's going to go wrong. And that whatever life brings at me, you know, I'm going to charge it. And I'm going to go forward and, and I'm going to win. Help us to interpret our lives correctly. 
even the decisions that we're making today that will affect our tomorrow and that will affect our generations. Help me to interpret correctly. You see, Father's Day is a little bit shady. (laughs) Father's Day is like a shady day. Today I got up and I looked at the sky and I saw that it was about to rain and I'm like, typical Father's Day. This is how Father's Day feels. The way it looks, that's how it feels. You know, because we have our own messes with our own fathers and our own dads. And then we feel that we're not doing our job as a dad. So the way that it looks out there, sometimes we feel like that. And of course, there's been a battle that has been raging because the enemy doesn't want you portraying the heavenly father the right way in the family. He didn't want your father portraying the heavenly father in your family. And there's been an attack. Max said something here this morning out of everything he said. I've never passed water to the guy giving the announcements, but of everything he said this morning... All right, of everything he said, one of the things that he said that was so powerful, there's nothing that the enemy hates more than a men's conference. Because if men get it together, if us as guys, we would understand the design that God gave us and what he called us to walk in and the empowerment of God upon us. Because it's not just that God charges, you know, tells us to charge into battle without any weapons. No, there's an empowering from God for the assignment that He's called us to do. And He's with us. And He honors us. I honor the men that are here. And I love the women that are here. I have my mom here. I have my wife here. Pastor Max says that he hates greeting me after I greet my wife because he thinks that I might pop one on him. Brother, don't worry. I'm not going to pop one on you, man. (laughs) I'm not. You know, because he was right behind Gabby when Gabby gave me a hug now and a kiss. And he's like, hey, yo, be careful. I'm like, oh, you be careful, man. What's wrong with you, man? (laughs) So listen, help us to remember that our days are numbered and help us to interpret our lives correctly help me discern help me see the way that you see you know one of the things that i've been noticing as i've been advancing in age a little bit you know i'm 42 now i can't see the way that i saw before you know now it's like you know now i have to like the bible you know and i'm trying to read like the bible not the bible on the phone but the bible i'm like it's kind of blurry now man i can't believe i used to like read through this like if nothing I can't see. So then I have this little small magnifying glass that is like a, like a, like a business card, but then I put it on the letters and it magnifies it. I'm like, oh, okay, now I see. Help us to interpret our lives correctly. God wants to help us to interpret our lives because sometimes all we see is like a jumble of letters. And we can't see what's really going on. And we're in our day-to-day lives. And we're making decisions. And sometimes a decision that we make sinks us more. And then we make another decision and we sink more. And another decision. And, we're, and God is saying, hey, 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 stop. Number your days. Understand that, you know what? Your days are fading away. And they're quick and they're going by. I just, I don't know if you've seen these new Facebook things. I mean, it's been happening for a while, but for me it's new because I don't go too much into social media. But it says six years ago today. 
And all of a sudden, they pop something. I don't know if you've noticed that. So today is at six years ago today. And it has a picture of me, Hadassah, David, and Bella in my legs. Because Bella was like barely walking at that time. And Jeremy wasn't even born yet. And I looked at six years ago today. I'm like, that doesn't seem like six years ago. That seems like last week. What happened in these six years? Well, one of the things that happened, I gained like 50 pounds. You know, that's one thing that happened. My belly used to be more in, now it's more out, you know. Then I look at the service, and you guys, you know, all you guys that put this up for YouTube, you're going to have to do some editing work, you know. Because then when I look at the video on Monday, I'm like, there's the belly, man. I can't do anything about it. Time is going by so fast, and then... King David says, set your wisdom deeply in our hearts so that we may accept your correction. Set your wisdom deeply in our hearts. Oh man, if we need something from Daddy God today, it's wisdom. If he could give us anything today. You see, my wife always for Father's Day asks this question, what do you want for Father's Day? And you know, guys, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm like very simple. I'm like, I don't want anything. I'm good. (laughs) I have, you know, the basic needs covered. You know what I'm saying? Everything is good. Like, no, no, no. But what do you want? I'm like, please don't give me shoes. Please don't give me, you know, a belt or a watch. Man, I have like four watches. I always wear the same watch as an Apple watch. So, I mean, what do you need? No, I don't need anything. You know, I'm good. And if God today was to ask you, what do you want for Father's Day? I would probably say, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom to interpret the things that are going on around me. Give me wisdom to be able to understand and that I can make the most out of my time here on earth. Because you and I only have so much You have so much focus. You have so much uh, leadership uh, capacity. You have so much decision-making power. If you're like me, you're a morning person. All right? I'm a morning person. I tell my wife, I don't like to waste my mornings because my mornings is when I like to make decisions. I like to, you know, so the morning for me is valuable. And sometimes, you know, on my off day, Gabby's like, oh, why don't you stay and sleep in? If I sleep in, I wasted the morning. I lost the moment that I had to make decisions for that day, you know? Because my days are constantly going. So, Lord, give me your wisdom deep in my heart. Set it in my heart so that we could accept your correction. I love the way that the Heavenly Father corrects us. Because the way that the Heavenly Father corrects us is not to chastise us. It's not to say, oh, you're so bad. (laughs) You're horrible. You know, He corrects us. And sometimes His correction is not easy. But you know what? It's a correction with love. It's a correction with affirmation. It's a correction that you know that He's doing it because He has your best interest in mind. That's the way that the Father corrects us. That's the way that I correct my kids. I don't correct my kids because I'm blowing up, all right? When I'm blowing up and I want to tell them three things, I tell my wife, I'm not even going to talk to them right now because I know that I would just run over them and not bring any correction. But the Heavenly Father is not like that. The Heavenly Father, what does He do? You know what? He corrects us 
for our benefit, for our best. And now we're in this series talking about going to the next level. If I'm going to talk to you today on Father's Day about something that I believe is important that we go to the next level. Last week we talked about next level dependence. Remember we talked about that? And we talked about a lot of the stuff that we're going through and stuff. And I said, hey guys, we need to take our dependence on God to the next level. Well, today I want to talk to you. If we're talking and asking God, Lord, give me wisdom. Allow me to interpret correctly. One of the things as a pastor that I usually have to do is interpret what is happening. Interpret what is happening in the body. What is going on? What are the issues that are happening? And if today I'm going to come here and give you a word of wisdom, it's the following. We need to take our compassion to the next level. And, not, and, and, and I want to say something funny. It's not because this is the year of compassion. And I had to like fit in compassion into the series. No, it has nothing to do with that. Is that, man, there's a lot of us that are sitting in this place that are going through a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff, man. And if we're going to be a body, and if we're going to be a church, and we take care of each other, we need to take our compassion to the next level. And a lot of times, we think of compassion, the poor, the destitute, the homeless, the orphan. The Bible says that we need to start with the house of God. That's crazy. But it does. Actually, you can find it with me, okay, right there in Galatians. I'm going to jump a little bit back there. It's like Galatians 6.10. Galatians 6.10. It says this, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity. What does it say? Whenever we have? Okay, for me, that's always. <laughs> Whenever you have the opportunity, the opportunity is always there. I'm going to ask a very simple question. How, I'm not even going to put you in the spot. How many of you guys know, all right, of someone, you know, I don't have like an arrow pointing at you, but okay, let's say, how many of you guys know of someone, whether a friend or a family member, that is going through some difficult issue right now in their lives? Raise your hand, right now. Like right now, literally. All right. Thank you for your honesty. Whenever you have the opportunity, so since we all know somebody with the issue, when is the opportunity? Now. All right. We should do good to everyone. What does the Bible say? To do good to who? And not only the guy, you know, que te cae bien, you know, your homeboy, the guy that's cool with you. Everybody. Alright? Do good to everyone. But then, it has a little last phrase that really stands out. It says, especially to those in the family of faith. Do good to everyone. Whenever there's an opportunity, but especially to those in the family of faith. Especially to your brothers and sisters from Numa Church. Because this is the congregation that you're at right now. Do good to everybody. Whenever there's an opportunity. Hey, but look out for yourselves. Take care for each other. You see, as a father, if we're going to talk about the Heavenly Father today on Father's Day... One of the greatest desires 
that I have in my heart for my kids that I know that he has for his kids is that when they grow up, they would take care of each other. And my Max, don't you want Abby and Ethan, when you guys are up in your 60s, 70s, they're grown up and everything, for them to take care of each other? To look out for each other, to call each other, and if there's a need, then one has, the one would provide for the other. Isn't that the, the heart of a father? We have four kids. And we want them to always stay tight. You see, something is not correct when I hear of relationships of siblings, and this is, I don't know, I haven't talked to my brother in 10 years. Oh, I haven't talked to my brother or my sister. No, 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 my sister and I have been, you know, indifference for the last six years and we've never talked. And I always go back to this thought, I wonder if the dad or the mom is alive, what they think about that. Because with four kids, even when they're fighting over a piece of pizza, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And it does happen, all right? Who's going to get the last bite? Or who's going to get the last sip? It's like, you guys are like vultures. I mean, it's like, it's like crazy. You guys are fighting over a piece of bread. And I got to come and I got to bring correction. I'm like, hey, listen, this little piece of bread, I'm going to break this thing into four. And all of you guys are going to get the same. And you guys take care of each other. And I talk to them. And when you grow up, you put this nonsense. They're like looking at me like that. They're like seven years old. They're like, I wonder what he's telling me. I'm like, I don't have too many hairs today. I actually, me peleé con una tijera ayer, you know, and the tijera won. Um, As a father, guys, I want my kids to have a great relationship and take care of each other, especially as they grow up and they have needs. I want my kids to call each other on the phone later on or FaceTime. I don't even know if that will exist, whatever exists at that time for communication. Love for my kids to spend Christmases together later on in life and New Year's and happy moments and celebrate. If that's me and I'm an earthly father, how much more do you think the heavenly father looks down at us here at Numa Church and says, I want them to stick together. I want them to take care of each other. And if you know that this person has a need and you look the other way, you know what? You're not being a good sibling. You're not being a good brother or sister. You're not taking care of that person. So we need to take our compassion to the next level because we live in a me world. You know that, how that is? Me, myself, and I. I look out for my needs. And I've struggled enough in life to get myself to where I'm at today. And if I stop to help this guy, this guy's going to sink me. Este me va a hundir. This guy's bringing me down. And God is going to tell you, man, I'm going to give you the strength to do what you need to do and to help this dude out. Compassion. It goes against the way that we're wired. So we need to take our compassion in this season, Numa Church. We need to take our compassion to the next level. Don't look far for people that are going through difficult situations, that are going through trouble. I'm going to ask you something, and I want you to be honest, all right? You know, heaven is taking an x-ray of this moment right here, right now. 
If you've gone through some trouble or some difficulty in the last three months, raise your hand. Now I'm having my hand raised too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Actually, I put both my hands and my foot. All right. If you've gone through some difficulty or trouble, okay, keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. There's no shame in this. Okay, guys, look around. Look around real quick. Look around. You're not alone, but look at the people also. Look at their faces real quick. Okay, you can put your hands down. That's awesome. Those people that just raised their hands. Numa Church, we're going to celebrate three years as Numa Church next week. I got some news for you. Those are the people that we need to take care of first. The ones that just put their hands up. Those are the people that we need to look after first. So how does next level compassion look like? I'm just going to drop this real quick. How does next level compassion look like? Well, first, before I tell you that, it's just something that comes to mind. In order for you to have compassion with somebody, you need to understand that you're at a privileged level and in a privileged place. You need to understand that, man, God has done so much for me. How am I going to not help this person? How am I going to extend a hand if God has been so good to me? So in order for you to have next level compassion, you need to see all the blessings and the goodness of God upon our lives. And maybe you're like, oh, but my life is not all that yet. Or it's not fixed up yet. Yeah, but you don't know if the area that God did fix up this last week or this last month, that's exactly what that other person is hurting in. And with your example, your testimony, your word, you can help uplift that person. You see, the Bible is clear in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Listen to this verse, it's so beautiful. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father. Yes, you are our merciful Father. And the source of all comfort. What's the source of all comfort? God. All right? It's not our 85-inch screen TV at home. That's good. (laughs) But the source of all comfort is who? Is our Father. And He comforts us in all our troubles. Here we go. So that we could comfort others. What? I'm going to read that again. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. So you mean to tell me that what you're doing in me, you want to use that for somebody else? Uh Exactly. When we are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Us. Very simple. God wants you to use the comfort that He's giving you to use that as a weapon of compassion, if I could use that word, to help somebody else. So, how does next, compa- next level compassion look like? Write this down real fast. First, next level compassion listens. Say, listens. Next level, compassion, listen. Say with me, listens. All right, a lot of times we listen to talk. Are you like that? <laughs> you're listening and you're like, oh, the heck I said, don't know me. Wait till I, it's my turn to talk. Well, I'm going to tell this person a couple of things. Hey, don't listen to talk or to speak back or to get, give an answer. Listen to listen. 
Jesus would say, He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. And I love this that I heard one day. God gave us two ears and one mouth. What does that mean? He wants you to speak less and listen more. You imagine if you would have two mouths and one ear? It's kind of scary, man. <laughs> like, look like from Monsters, Inc. or something, man. <laughs> God wants us to do what? To listen. James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Okay, that verse, a couple of us, including myself, we have this thing upside down, man. We're like, quick to listen. We're like, slow to listen, quick to speak, and super quick to get angry. <laughs> right? ¿Cuántos se confías and how many confess that we get like that sometimes, man? It's like, man, we got to want to get our mouth running, you know what I'm saying? And the Lord is saying, hey, relax, relax, be quick to listen. You know that I think that if we stop to listen to the people, we wouldn't have that many difficulties. If we really stop to listen, and sometimes between husband and wife, it's a little bit complicated, you know, because sometimes the wife is talking and the husband doesn't understand what she's saying. Sometimes my wife will tell me, do you understand? I'm like... <laughs> I'm hearing like a buzz, beep, 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 like something. But I'm really not understanding. And I want to tell the husbands and wives something easy. My wife and I stopped a long time ago to try to understand each other. Yeah, very simple. We stopped trying to understand. She's wired in a way. I'm wired in a different way. So we don't understand each other. We extend mercy towards each other. Now we're going to go crazy, man. No, vamos a matar. We're going to kill ourselves, man. I don't know what I'm talking. This is not a marriage conference. I'm talking to the men, to the women. I don't even know. Listen. Listen. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Listen to the words that are behind the words that are being spoken. Listen to the heart. Sounds like an old school 80s song. Listen to the heart. Remember that song? <laughs> You guys remember that? <laughs> Some of you guys are like, what? The youngins are looking at me like, pastor's too old, man. <laughs> listen. You have to listen to the heart. And sometimes the heart doesn't even know how to use the right words. So the words that are spoken are not really the correct words. That's not what's really trying to be communicated. Have you ever been at a point that you're using words and you're like, okay, these words are really not helping me to get out what I need to get out. Has that happened to you? Or am I the only crazy person in here this morning? Yeah, I'm like trying to say something. And as the words are coming out, I'm like, oh, I'm messing this thing up more. <laughs> this is getting worse. I'm like, shut up, shut up. But I'm trying to get it out. And at the end, I feel worse because now I hurt the relationship. And I never got to say what I really wanted to say. Right? crazy so we're going to take our compassion to the next level what do we need to do we need to listen just stop and listen 
And one of the things I want to tell you something, listen to the words that are being said, listen to the words that are not being said, and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying behind what is being said. Three things we need to listen to. What is being said, what is not being said, and what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. Number two, next level compassion identifies with the other person. Have you ever heard of this word empathy? Have you heard of that? Empathy. Some of us have sympathy, but sympathy and empathy are two different things. Sympathy, you feel bad, but you don't do anything about it. Empathy, you put yourself in the shoes of that person. You try to put yourself in the situation that that person is going through. In church, if we're going to take our compassion to the next level, we need to put ourselves in the place of that person. You know, as a pastor, it's kind of interesting because I have people from all walks of life come and talk to me. And when I'm listening to the person, I'm like trying to hear what they say. But most of the time, I'm trying to hear to what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. And when I hear the Holy Spirit, I'm like, this is a broken person. Has been downtrodden. Has gotten somewhere. And now feels that is being either attacked or this or that. So it helps me to sort of like make sense of what's going on. And church, listen to this. It's important that you would put yourselves in the shoes of the other person. doesn't mean that you're there. It doesn't mean you're in that situation. But boy, it does help out. For example, I think of fathers today that have lost their children. I don't imagine how that pain is. You imagine today, Father's Day, oh, Father's Day. And you have a child that you lost at one point or the other. What do you tell that father? What words, oh, happy Father's Day? Like, come on. You know what I'm saying? So today, Pastor Joe, which I love, he writes me, he goes, happy Father's Day. And I know that that's a touchy subject because he had a son that died not too, ma- not too long ago. So I'm like, hey man, I just want to tell you you're an amazing dad. Go get yourself 10 ice creams at McDonald's. Because he loves the ice cream cones from McDonald's. Hey, you know which one I'm talking about? The, you know, you guys are boring, man. <laughs> you know what Pastor Joe writes me back? He goes, you're not going to believe what I'm going to say. But for breakfast, I already got myself one today. <laughs> he already had gone to McDonald's and got an ice cream cone. What am I doing? I'm not going to touch the situation of, you know, what happened. But you know what? I honor you as a father. Go and enjoy yourself. Have a good day. Keep your head up. Romans Chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. You guys could come up from the worship team. It says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. So what does it say? You who are strong, help the weak. Because there'll be a day that you're weak and you're going to need the strong. You understand what I'm saying? If you're at a strong point today, help those that are weak today. 
Because the day is going to come when you're going to knock on the door and say, hey, can somebody lend me a hand? I'm feeling weak. Number three, next level compassion is kind. Write that down. Kind. Kind. Kindness. Kindness. And I wrote this down. Kindness is a great way to show compassion. Some people just need that extra word of kindness to get them through the day. They may just need for you to pick up something that dropped on the floor or tell them that their word is appreciated. Kindness. And I'm going to show you a verse that you're like, maybe this is like, maybe like one of the, I'm going to say something, don't get mad at me if you get a religious mindset. This might be like a dumb verse in the Bible. <laughs> okay? Acts chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. I've read through that verse so many times, and I'm like, oh, it's telling a story. You know, it's like a story of something that happened. But it makes sense now. It says, once we were safe on the shore, this is the Apostle Paul, he had been shipwrecked and he made it to the shore. We learned that we were on the island of Malta. And the people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. So you read through that, I'm like, ah. You want to talk about a good verse for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. This verse does not even compare to that one. But this verse has something that speaks very loud. These guys had just been shipwrecked. Had just almost lost their lives. Have you been at a place where you've almost been shipwrecked and lost everything? And you need just somebody to extend a helping hand to you. And he says that when they got to the island, it was rainy and cold. You've been shipwrecked. Things have been going horrible and the conditions are not helping. And when you make it to shore, you're like, finally, I'm in shore. And now you're freezing. And it says that the islanders came and were what? Very kind. And what did they do? Something simple. They built a fire on the shore to welcome us. Sometimes when you're broken, all you need is somebody to come and build a little fire for you, man. Maybe when you're broken, all you need is somebody to, you know what, I don't even know how I'm going to pay my bills, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that. Hey, you want to come to lunch with me, man? I can't pay for lunch. No, don't worry, this is on me. Let's just talk. It's like building a little fire right there, man. That's kindness. And the last thing, and we finish here. Wow, man, I can't believe I got this thing through, man. <laughs> Next level compassion gives. Gives time. Your greatest asset is time because you're never going to recover it. Okay? Next level compassion gives time. You sit with people. You hear their story. You go and visit somebody. You look at the people that put their hands up here today. Maybe you know somebody. And like, hey man, this week, let's go out, let's talk. You give them what? You give them your time. And you give them your money, all right? You give, next level compassion gives time and gives money. I'm going to close with a scripture that is kind of crazy. Acts 11, 27 through 30. It says, during this time, 
some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Agabus stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief, in other words, an offering, to the brothers and sisters in Judea. Everyone gave as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. So these guys hear that there's going to be a famine, and you know what they do? They pick up an offering, not for themselves, to send to the church in Judea. In other words, in Jerusalem. Isn't that strange and isn't that crazy? If there's going to be a famine, it's going to affect everybody. Okay, let me what that. Let me put away what I have so I can be ready for what. No, no, let's pick up an offering. And let's make sure that our brothers in Judea and in Jerusalem are doing well. Because the word that we're getting and the message that has come to us came through them. So we need to make sure that they're good when the famine comes. Next level compassion gives even when it's not the most appropriate or smart thing to do. You give. So I want you to close your eyes this morning, Father's Day, Sunday at Numa Church. Teach us to number our days, Lord. Just close your eyes right there where you're at. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days, Lord. And to make sense of the different things that are going on around us, Lord. And if one thing we know, that we have brothers and sisters right in this room here today that need that little extra, that need that little extra help and love and care. And Father, move this church to compassion. Move Numa Church to be a church that takes compassion to the next level, that we take care of each other, that we listen to each other. That we identify, have empathy with each other, Lord. Father, that we would give of our time and resources, Father God. Because I know that as a father, you want your sons and daughters to take care of each other. The same way as us as earthly fathers, we want our kids to take care of each other. So this morning, Lord, we ask for your mercy. We ask for your compassion. We honor you in this place. Father, as we stand in this day, Father's Day, 2019, here in Miami, Florida, Lord. Father, I thank you for each person that is here in this place and for the work that you're doing in their lives. And Lord, today we lift up all those that are going through tough circumstances, Lord. All those that are facing, Lord God, the different hurricanes of life. Today, we lift them up before you. We lift them up before the Heavenly Father, the Good Father. The Good Father. The Father that we celebrate in this place today. And we ask, Lord, that you would have mercy on us, Lord. That you would have mercy on each of us in this place, Lord. And that you would strengthen the weak. Father, I declare that today there's favorable answers, Lord, that are coming from heaven, Lord. 
for all those that are going through these situations, Lord. Father, help us make sense even of the things that we don't understand right now. I declare that you extend your hand. You send your word upon us. There's angels that are moving on our behalf today. And I declare that this is a day of freedom. This is a day of great freedom over our lives. Freedom from heaven. We don't just want to preach a word and say, oh, that was nice. This is not a cute message, Lord. This is about heaven coming into our life and making a difference and seeing the life of Jesus in our families, in our homes, in our daily lives, Lord. So we honor you, Daddy God. And we call out, we cry out, Abba, Father, help us. We need you, Daddy God. We need you, Daddy God. We cry out to you. And we trust you. I really believe that the Lord is doing something.